Good morning and welcome to Chapel Grace. Stand with us, we're going to sing some worship songs. And before that, I'd like to read from Psalm 16, starting in verse 5, to set our hearts right for worship. God's word says this, The Lord is my chosen portion and my cup. You hold my lot. The lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. Indeed, I have a beautiful inheritance. I bless the Lord who gives me counsel. In the night also my heart instructs me. I have set the Lord always before me. Because he is at my right hand, I shall not be shaken. Therefore, my heart is glad and my whole being rejoices. My flesh also dwells secure. For you will not abandon my soul to Sheol or let your Holy One see corruption. Speaking of the Messiah, you may you make known to me the paths of life in your presence. There is fullness of joy at your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Please stand with us as we sing that there's joy in the house of the Lord. the God who was, we worship the God who is, we worship the God who evermore will be. We opened the prison doors, he parted the raging sea, my God, he holds the victory. There's joy in the house of the Lord, there's joy in the house of the Lord today. We won't be quiet, we shout out your praise. There's joy in the house of the Lord, our God is surely in this place. We won't be quiet, we shout out your praise. Oh, 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 we shout out your praise. Oh, oh, oh. We sing to the God who heals. We sing to the God who saves. We sing to the God who always makes a way. Cause he hung up on that cross. Then he rose up from that grave. My God still rolling stones away. There's joy in the house of the Lord. There's joy in the house of the Lord today. We won't be quiet. We shout out your praise. There's joy in the house of the Lord. Our God is surely in this place. We won't be quiet. We shout out your praise. Oh, oh, oh. We shout out your the beggars now we're royalty we were the prisoners now we're running free we are forgiven accepted redeemed by his grace let the house of the lord sing praise we were the beggars we were the beggars now we're royalty 
We were the prisoners, now we're running free. We are forgiven, accepted, redeemed by His grace. Let the house of the Lord sing praise. There's joy in the house of the Lord. There's joy in the house of the Lord today. We won't be quiet. We shout out your praise. There's joy in the house of the Lord. Our God is surely in this place. We won't be quiet. We shout out Chapel Grace. If it's your first time here, we're so glad you're here. Welcome. And if it's not your first time, I'm still glad you're here. And I'm just welcome for, thank you for being here. Okay. So um, I just have a few quick announcements, um, which of course my thing is being weird now. Okay. So I love the new app because it has all the information you guys need. Um, it has all of the upcoming events. You can register for events on here. Um, you can just see what's coming up um, and all those great things. And if you haven't gotten onto our new um, uh, app here, you can download it by just scanning that little code on your paper here. Um, and go ahead and get that set up because that way you know everything that's happening. You can tie through that. You can do all that great stuff. Um, so it's just such a, a great thing to have. Um, and then so in our announcements, we have, um, again, the new app is up and running. It's working great. Um, don't forget Tuesday, May 23rd um, is 90s themed mom prom for mops. So... If you want to reminisce, or, you know, I was like, oh, I think I might even still have my prom dress from, I think that was the 80s, late 80s, never mind, wrong decade. Um, but if you have a child from in the womb all the way to fifth grade, um, Mops would love to have you come and be a part of them. Um, they're just going to have a great time that night. Um, and then on Tuesday, May 30th, we would love it if you could join Join us at Kalinga High School for their baccalaureate. It's at 7 o'clock in the school auditorium. Um, and this is just a great privilege that we can have that. Um, we can still meet um, and have a baccalaureate for our seniors. Um, so we'd love to have you there for that. Um, and then MOPS is going to be having their summer yard sale. 
and they are accepting donations through June 1st. Um, and so you can just see Misty in the office or um, just bring your stuff in for her to put wherever she's putting it. It's not my house, so I'm not worried about it. So <laughs> I have enough stuff to go through. Um, and then don't forget, Vacation Bible School this year will be July 24th through the 28th. Um, so if you're interested in being a volunteer, um, please register through Church Center, um, the app that we were talking about. Um, and then you will be contacted um, for that. And then... Um, also, don't forget, we have these Connect cards that are in the front of the pew. So you can do this either on the app or you can just do it with paper pencil. Um, if you're new, we'd love to have your information, have you come meet us at the welcome table so we can just get to know you a little better. Um, we have a gift for you. Um, we'd love to welcome you with that. Um, or maybe you make a decision and you want um, the pastors to know so they can pray for you. You can put that on here. Maybe you're interested in helping out in um, one of our ministries. Fill this out or, or, like I said, do it on the app or let one of us know because we'd love to get you guys plugged in. We can tell you what the next steps are, um, how to get the training for that, um, as well as um, growth track. If you haven't gone through growth track, that's your first step. Um, so we'd love to have you. Um, we will be starting it again. We are finishing up this month and then um, the first Sunday in June, we will start it up again. So if you haven't done that, we'd love to have you sign up. There's a sign-up sheet at the welcome table. You guys can sign up and join us for that. That would be awesome. All right. Well, thank you again for being here and let's continue to worship. All right. We invite you to please stand as we continue in worship. And let's pray. Father, from you, every blessing flows. You're the, you're the fount of every blessing. And we just pray that you would tune our hearts, prepare our hearts and our minds to, to bring worship, words of worship and adoration and praise to you this morning. And from you flow mercies that never cease. And that calls us to praise you. And so may you be praised this morning in our hearts, the words of our mouths, the meditations of our hearts. May they all be acceptable and pleasing in your sight. Prepare our hearts to hear your word preached. May we receive it, Lord. May it sink deep into our hearts and change the way we live and help us to fully, to know you more fully and truly this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Fix 
thinking like I need to move this thing up from higher a little bit. Can you hear it better that way? Is that better? Yeah, I think I had it down too low. So, you know what? We're getting ready to see a whole bunch of carnival rides kind of show up, aren't we? Anybody looking forward to the Derby Week, Derby Weekend, or whatever? Anybody? A few of you. I don't know. You know, it's one of the biggest things that happen here in Kalinga, you know, throughout the year, whatever. But uh, I kind of I enjoy it. I like going over. It's when I go get a corn dog or whatever from over there, you know? You know what I mean? But, uh, you know, so that'll be next weekend. So hopefully we'll see you guys over there. But still having church, nonetheless. So no excuse not to have church, right? Amen? So... Um, you know, today, today's going to be a little bit of a message. I don't know. I, it's going to be a great message. I just don't know how long I'm going to go and how long I'm going to, it's a weird morning for me. Let me put it to you that way. It's been kind of one of those things where I had a, a certain direction I was going to head and then God signed to change, starts to change my mind a little bit. So hold on for the ride because I'm, I'm going in for the ride as well along with you. So, but, um, you know, I want to make sure that you guys know that the whole app thing that Kelly was talking about this morning is kind of important because if you're wondering what's happening throughout the week or throughout the month, throughout the year, whatever, we usually plug everything in there that what we know, when we know what we're going to do, it's in there usually ahead of time. We try to keep it updated. Uh, you can also ask questions through it. Um, somebody had asked one time about an electronic, uh, you know, the, the card that Kelly holds up, uh, the get to know you card. That's on there electronically. You can fill that out too or you can tell somebody to fill it out. So if somebody gets on there throughout the week or whatever that doesn't necessarily even go to our church, they can fill that out. Uh, there's a lot of good things in there, and the biggest thing, not the biggest thing, but a big thing in there is the volunteering for uh, VBS. We need lots of volunteers for VBS, and so you can sign up through there to let us know that you want to be a part of that, and we'll get you connected in that, whatever it is. I'm going to be, I think I'm doing the, uh, what's it called in here, uh, the KidVid thing, or whatever, yeah, KidVid. So I get to watch movies with the kids all week. No, that's not really what it is. It sort of is, but it's going to be a good time. Uh, but, you know, it's, it's something that requires a lot of work, a lot of people. And uh, I, I love it. I absolutely love VBS. Uh, summer is one of those times when we, we know that as a church we see people less coming because, you know, the teachers all take a hiatus. They all, and for good reason, right? They all like, I'm out of here for the summer. I'm going someplace. I've been dealing with all the kids, like, whatever. So they're leaving. But this brings us all back at the end of the summer. And it's right before everybody goes back to school. And so... Um, so it's called Vacation Bible School, but it's, it's, it's just, has anybody ever been to one before? Anybody in here at all? Ever been? How about, how about if you helped? Have you ever been a part of one and helped too? Well, if you want to help, come back and be a part of it again. We could use you. Got you, right? Um, it has to do with teaching. Believe it or not, Vacation Bible School is teaching kids and adults that are here all about Jesus. All about what Jesus means to us. All about what he did for us and different things like that. Uh, and that's what today's message is about. It's called Devoted to Teaching. And so I'd like to pray for us before I get too much more into this and uh, ask God to just completely take it over. I do that all the time. Uh, my whole week as I'm preparing for this, I ask God just completely take this, this over because it's all from him. And so let's pray. So Lord, I just want to thank you for this morning. Lord, there's a lot of people out there that, that, uh, that are hurting right now. Lord, physically and emotionally and, uh, you know, Lord... There's a lot of things that are going on in people's hearts and minds. And, Father, as we go through the week, and we may not know everything about everybody, God, but you do. And so we pray for all those who are hurting. We pray for everybody in our church. We pray for everybody in all the churches in our, in our city, in our state, in our, in our country, in our world. God, you are the, the ultimate healer. You can heal us physically. You can heal us, heal us uh, spiritually. You can heal us emotionally. 
And so, Lord, I just pray that as we learn more about you, as we try to learn together, as we hear the teaching, as we're devoted to being taught your will, your way, your love, God, that we would understand it more and more and become more like you, Jesus, more like Jesus every single day. Uh, Lord, just thank you for this opportunity to teach. Thank you for this opportunity to be standing here, God. And uh, Lord, it's humbling that you would even use people, especially someone like me, to preach your word. In Jesus' precious name I pray, and everyone says, amen. I always ask myself, I have to say, well, how come God would choose people? And then I say, why would God choose me to preach this? Because I'm just a, a nobody from a nobody town. And, you know, um, but you know what? A lot of the teachers in the New Testament, a lot of them were exactly the same. They were people who were nobody, nobodies, except for Paul. The Apostle Paul was somebody that a lot of people knew about. But even what he went through, he wasn't, he, he was still became somebody that wasn't very popular as far as like being liked. Uh, the apostles, the guys who started out the teachings, who were taught by Jesus and then taught after, they were people who were fishermen, weren't considered very uh, schooled, in, in a sense. And so we look at this and we wonder, well, why? What happened here? You know, so I'm going to kind of start a, a little bit of a message. I mean, I'm sorry, a series talking about different things that we should be devoted to. And it pretty much comes out of this one passage here in the very beginning from Acts chapter 2. So if you want to turn there, we're going to be in there just a little bit. Acts chapter 2, verses 42 to 47. But we're talking about devotion. What is it that you're devoted to? Uh, everybody knows in the world, I'm looking at it right now, everybody knows I'm devoted to Abigail. I love that girl to death. Uh, and she's the greatest. She can yell all she wants to, and I don't care. See? And, uh, but, you know, the things that we're devoted to are the things that we're passionate about. Don't you agree? What are you devoted to? What are the things that, that you take and put a lot of energy and effort towards? Think about that for just a minute. Because uh, the word devotion, it's a powerful word. Do you agree with that? It's a powerful word. Devoted. Devoted. Just think about it. It means to consistently show strength which prevails in spite of difficulties. Consistently showing strength in spite of difficulties. That's, that's a hard thing, isn't it? But when you're devoted to something, you keep doing it no matter what. When you're devoted to marriage, when you're devoted to a class, when you're devoted to something, you keep doing it no matter how hard it gets, no matter how difficult. So it's to endure, to persist, to stay in a fixed direction, steadfast, loyal. And I can tell you that the early church was definitely this way. It was definitely devoted. The early church, after Jesus rose to go to heaven, after he was killed and crucified and then rose again, it was a very steadfast and loyal church to Jesus. Very steadfast. It was unwavering, unwavering pardon me, uh, to their commitment to gathering together and to learning things. They knew that they needed to be together. They knew that they needed one another. They knew that they, they needed to be there for all the things that are happening around them. So they were devoted to doing these things. So Acts chapter 2, verse 42, we're going to read it again a little bit, says, They devoted themselves to the apostles' teachings, teaching and to fellowship and to, to fellowship and to the breaking of bread and to prayer. So there's four things in that, in that passage that, are, that they were devoted to. And the first thing we come to is teaching. Uh, in this, and we learned the earliest church, they were devoted to committing to teaching, fellowshipping, breaking bread, all those things. But these four specific elements continue to be key pieces of the church today. If you look at how things function today, the first thing, we're, one of the things we're dedicated to is teaching. Pastoring, preaching is a teaching kind of thing. But also, we, we, have, we have classes throughout the week. We have Sunday school class on Sunday morning. We have Bible studies throughout the week. We have different things to help each other to grow and to learn and to teach and to grow. 
And it's one of those things that we're devoted to. It's, it's very, very important. And, and as a matter of fact, we're going to be unfolding that more. The growth track that I always talk about that Kelly and others teach it on Sunday mornings, and we're going to try and get that on other days as well. So it's available on other times. But that's a very big t- thing of turn- learning and teaching, learning the teachings of, of the church. What do we believe? But not just what Chapel Grace believes, but what the basic principles of the Bible are, the very beginnings of what we follow. And, you know, so if you've ever wondered, what does Chapel Grace believe? Well, first of all, you could always ask us, but the other thing is you could come to Chapel Grace. I mean, call Chapel Grace, of course. You can come to uh, the class on two Sunday mornings at 10 o'clock. But we're going to start something in the fall called uh, Rooted. It's going to be the next thing beyond uh, Growth Track. It's going to be the next thing beyond that, and it's hopefully to get us to a place to where it takes you to another level. And, uh, and I'm, I'm working on that right now, looking into that, and uh, we'll be teaching that hopefully uh, beginning when school begins, probably September-ish, I would think, very beginning of September. But, you know, and that's something that I want to be dedicated to. I'm, I'm going to be a big part of that, the whole, the whole rooted thing. If, you're not, if rooted basically means, you know, if you're rooted, that means you're planted firm in something, right? When you, it, well, actually, weeds don't go very deep, do they? Weeds can be pulled up pretty, it seems like they go deep. But, you know, we really need things that when you go deep, when you get rooted into something, you stay there. You don't waver. You stay steadfast in it, yeah? And so that's kind of where I want to get us into doing and being a part of the word of God and being rooted in his word and being rooted in him. And so I'm devoted to that. I'm devoted to, this is something I'm devoted to on a regular basis for myself. I don't know about you, and I hope you are, but I'm devoted to thanking Jesus for another day to learn from him. Every day I learn from Jesus. I learn something new every day. And you know how I learn it? I learn it through his word, because I read his word every single day. I pray his word every single day. I read his word, and God teaches me through that. And I learn more and more about the Lord through that thing. You see, there's, there's the things that we're devoted to will define who we are. Whatever it is that you're focused on, whatever it is that you're, you're devoted to, as I said, you're, that defines you. I'm devoted to Jesus. I love Jesus. And he defines me. I don't have to worry about my failures. And even though I think about them sometimes, Jesus can come alongside me and say, don't worry about those failures because you're perfect in me. And he brings me up to a place to where I know that when I need help, he's always there. The church formed, uh, the church that formed just after Jesus' death and resurrection was absolutely devoted to its faith. It had to be. Think about what just happened. Brian, everything's sort of new here. Well, not sort of, it's very new. Jesus has, been, has come, he's been teaching for a few years, then he's crucified, then he rises, then he comes back from the dead. And then 40 days later, he rose to heaven and says, look, I'm going to leave the Holy Spirit behind to help you and guide you, but you need to teach everybody about me. You need to go out and teach everyone about me. And so they were very dedicated to that. Their faith defined them for centuries. As a matter of fact, their faith and our faith is the same. It defines us today. And we constantly looked back to the first church, to the early church, for inspiration for things that came down. You wonder where the Bible came from. That's where the Bible, where they decided to put it in the canon, which means all the books of the Bible, they put it together in a certain way and decided this was actually from the word, this is actually the word of God. So we got that from them too. You know, Acts 2.42 highlights these several things. As I said, it highlights teachings. There's four things. You might want to write them down, but we're not going to do all four of them today. But it highlights teaching, fellowship, breaking of bread, communion, which we do the first of the month, every, every month. And prayer. 
And so as I talk about this, I'm going to try and break this down into these, these different ones, um, and we'll talk about, but certainly today is teaching, obviously. So the specific gift of teaching is found throughout the New Testament. The very word, New Testament, right? A New Testament. We have to learn it. It's something new. They were writing it. It was being written as they were living it, right? And so we, we find out and we look through the New Testament. It's something that we have that's there all the time, and it carried all the way through today. It's very unique in every church, in every faith. Every faith has some sort of teaching, doesn't it? You can't go to some faith and not have anything. You, you, you kind of know or understand or find out what they mean or what they teach because they all have different teachings. But there's only one that leads to Jesus, right? And so the beginning of Jesus' ministry, he went throughout Galilee teaching in the synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness among people. That's Matthew chapter 4, verse 23. And the biggest part of that whole thing, the biggest part of that biggest component, I guess you could say, was teaching. He was a teacher, and he's the best teacher to learn from, right, Kelly? Wouldn't you say? He, he was a teacher that just taught straight, he taught right, was, well, something was right there with him, in front of him. He used things all around him, and it was a key component of his ministry. And so Ephesians chapter 4, verses 11 to 13 say this. I haven't gotten into my first, even my first point yet. But my, the Ephesians chapter 4, verses 11 through 13 say, So Christ gave himself the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the teachers, I'm sorry, the pastors and teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become more mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. That's Ephesians chapter 4, verses 11 to 13. That's a centerpiece of everything. Teaching is a centerpiece. We have to have teaching. I, I think about it all the time. I have to be taught on a regular basis from God and from others. I have mentors in my life who I still learn from every day. I call them and I talk to them and I find out things. And I, if I need something, they, they mentor me. Or if they, they hear something, they call me and say, hey, Bruce, let's talk about this or, or whatever. And if I learn something, I call them and talk to them and say, hey, look, I just learned this thing the other day. Or this is what God said to me. So we, we're always teaching as a major part of my life. Be not only teaching, but being taught. And it helps, it helps teachers help lead us to unity, maturity, and fullness of faith. But you know, teaching doesn't go anywhere if we don't want to receive it. If we don't receive the teaching, it won't go very far, will it? We need to be willing to receive it as well. We need to be dedicated to it. We need to be devoted to it. And so that's something that we need to do. So what's the first thing? The first thing of teaching, the goal of teaching. Let's talk about that. The goal of teaching. Can I ask you a question? I've, I've talked about learning. I've talked about teaching. How many of you enjoy learning? Seriously. I'm not just talking about school. I'm talking about learning something. I enjoy learning something new all the time. And I love learning things that are like, whoa, that's just kind of like, I never, even something new out of something old. I love when somebody preaches and I hear something. I'm like, I never, ever, ever thought of it that way. I never, ever, ever saw it that way. And a friend of mine, when I went to a class a couple weeks ago, or a pastor's group a couple weeks ago, he was teaching on uh, a, another small passage that was in there. And he said, what's the shortest passage other than Jesus wept? He said, look to Mary. Don't, he said, don't forget Mary. He said, don't forget Mary. Now, you're probably thinking, what is he talking about? Not Mary. Um, don't forget. Help me. Lot's wife, not Mary. Mary was involved. She was one of the ones that was named. He said, don't forget Lot's wife, Jesus said that. And that's, I don't want to get off onto that because that's going to be another message I'm working on. But he, he taught some things in there and talked about basically 
don't, don't, don't forget Lot's wife. Because what, hap- what did she do? Does anybody know the story of Lot's wife? Where she was in Sodom and Gomorrah, and God and he was getting them out of there, and the angels were taking them out, and they said, don't look back. Don't look back. And so as they're all trying to get out of there, she looks back. She looked back. And a lot of times when we look back, bad things happen. We look back, we want those things that used to be. She, well, she wanted those things that used to be. And so anyway, I, was, I, just, I never really thought about that because where he says that, where Jesus says this, is right in the middle of a whole bunch of eschatology, eschatology, coming things, future things. He's talking about the church coming, about the end times. And he's teaching about that. But right smack in the middle of that, he goes, don't forget Lot's wife. Don't forget, don't forget. Don't forget what, she, what her lesson was to all of us. Don't look back. And so teaching teaches us not only to not just look back, but learn from when we look back, right? But look forward. We need to be looking forward to where we are today all the time. Uh, COVID did a lot of things, but I can tell you, COVID took us to a place, uh, and we're never going back where it was, where we were before. It just put us to another place faster. And we can't go, hey, I want to go back there. We need to go looking forward now. There's so many things out there now. But what this does is our goal through teaching and training is nothing short of the fullness of Christ. Can I ask you a question? Do any of you want to be more like Jesus? Yeah, if, I, I do. I was hoping all of you would jump up out of your chair and say, yeah, me! Do you want to be more like Jesus? Because that's the goal of teaching. Learning to be more like Jesus. Doing the things that he did. Although I know that we'll never be perfect, but we can learn to be more and more like him every single day. Yeah, I know that we, we have our faults. All of us do. The only one that did was Jesus. But we can look to Jesus and learn from him and learn the things that he taught. And so learning, and learning about him is important. I think learning the scriptures together is important, don't you? Studying and finding those things and understanding what the early church got out of that, how they learned these things. But you know what? The one thing I know, not the one thing, many things I know, but one thing about learning is learning requires effort. How many of you, if you, how many of you remember school or maybe you're still in school? I know Amanda's getting ready to go to college and she's going to have a lot of effort she's going to have to put into college, right? If you go to school, but you put no effort into it, what happens? So you can say, you can yell it back at me. What happens if you don't put any effort into school? You get a big fat F. You fail, right? And that's not a good thing. The same thing is true in life. If we don't go through learning and getting taught the things of life, we, it's a big fat fail. We need to learn every single day about everything all the time. And if we don't go in the word of God and, learn the, and find out the goal of teaching is to learn, we're going to fail. It requires effort. It requires engagement. It requires attention. And something else that I heard uh, that one of the pastors, uh, my pastor friend was talking about, he said, you know what? The, the, the message on Sunday mornings isn't the draw any longer. I went, what? But I already knew that. The draw is you. The thing that draws people to church is community. Being around other people. Being up around other people's face. Yes, I would love to hear you say, oh, yeah, Pastor Bruce, the only reason I go to church is to hear you speak. And I know you'd be lying to me already. Right there. But one of the biggest reasons people come to church is to see each other, right? To see each other, to learn from each other, to be there with each other. Engagement. The reward is deep. However, the understanding and knowledge is even deeper. And I'm not sure that I, uh, 
know that any follower, know any follower of Christ that wouldn't really want this. I, I think we want to grow closer and closer to be more like Jesus. We want to get a deeper understanding of Scripture and faith, and ultimately we can do that together, and really ultimately of God. So we have a small group on Wednesday nights. Uh, there's one here at church. I, I don't necessarily call it a small group. It's a great group. It's a big group. And they meet together in their community. We have a small group at our house for married couples, and we have a, a nice, fun little community. And it's, it's something that's very important to us. We learn together. We learn some great things about communication. We learn some things that we try to put into place together, and we talk about it and group together. Being together is important, and we learn. You see, Jesus very plainly taught in the Great Commission what we're supposed to do. In Matthew chapter 28, 18 and 20, he said this, Go make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. Matthew 28, 18 to 20. Exactly. We're supposed to go out and make disciples, teach people about Jesus. And we're supposed to be taught, too. We can't always be the teacher. I love when I, I actually loved last week when I got to sit down and let Jared teach me. I like that. I like being able to be taught. Because I don't know it all. I'm never going to know it all. If you're a know-it-all, you're never going to know it all. Does that make sense? You need to be teachable all the time. I love learning about different things. And the biggest thing we find out is to get a deeper understanding of who we are. And what's the biggest thing? So once we find out who we really are, we find out what our big mission is. It's the one I just said. Telling everyone about Jesus. That's our big mission. That's what Chapel Grace is all about. Go and make disciples of all nations. Baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. We have to learn what Jesus has been com had commanded. He spent several years. We have the Holy Spirit to guide us, but we need to learn these things. We need to be able to get through our life and, and, and be able to thrive. And we need to learn that from other people. Jesus uses different things. We teach all of what Christ taught, the fullness of his training, our training, and the goal at the end of the day is so that disciples, we, are equipped to teach others. The goal is that we can teach others. And that's scary, isn't it? The one way I know that you can, be, you can grow in your faith or any, any place else is teaching others what, how to do something. When you teach someone else how to do something, it forces you to learn it. And when you're forced to learn it, you can teach other people, you know more about it. And then you learn more about it, you keep going into it, and you get deeper and deeper and deeper. We're all, the one thing about the, about the great, this is called the Great Commission, by the way, you guys. Matthew 28, 19 and 20, it's called the Great Commission, 18 to 20. And it's called the Great Commission because everyone is commissioned to do it. All of us are told to go do it. There's not one believer, not one Christian that gets out of that. Every Christian, every believer is commanded to do this. We're all commanded to go make disciples of all nations and baptize in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything. So if you've ever led anyone to Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, do you know what happened? You are now responsible to teach them about Jesus. Did you know that? You're responsible to guide them and direct them because you brought them there. And so what happens? How do we do that? The second part is we pass along the teaching. Right? I think Paul said it best in his second letter to Timothy, which was kind of like his son. He calls him his son in the faith. 
in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 2. It's up there. If you can turn to it again, write these down. I meant to for Noray. I was going to write them all down on a big piece of paper so Noray could have them. She always yells at me, I want all the verses. Noray, 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 2. Anyway, just kidding with you. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 2 says, All the things and the things that you have heard me say in the presence of many witnesses and trust to reliable people who will also be qualified to teach others. If you don't relate things to other people and tell them to relate to other people, what's going to happen? They're never going to hear it. They're never going to learn it. It's never going to go anywhere. It's going to end. It's going to stop. If we don't pass along our faith, if we don't pass along the teachings of Jesus through reliable and sound teachings, then it's only going to be a few generations from now and it's all going to be gone. We have to continue to do it over and over and over and over again. Teaching is extremely important. It's, it's, it's the, what faith ex- expects. It's what we need to do. It's, it's a crazy thought to think that if we don't continue to do it, it would just end. But you know what Jesus, what, what God said? That if we don't worship God, which is something that we do when we teach, the rocks will cry out. I don't want a rock teaching what I, what I should be doing. But I want you to think of a moment the, about this whole thing. And, and I want you to kind of go take the seriousness of it because now you're probably thinking, oh, well, I'm not an, I'm not a, an ordained pastor like you are or I'm not, I'm not a pastor, or I'm not a Sunday school teacher, or I'm not a deacon, I'm not, or whatever. But here's the thing. The good news is, you don't have to be. You don't have to be an ordained pastor. You don't have to be a minister, missionary sorry, or a deacon. You just have to be willing to learn and willing to do. Think for a moment about the people around you every day. Seriously. Put the, don't look at me. Think about just kind of, if you need to, close your eyes and think about those people you're around every day. Today, you're going to go to work tomorrow, school tomorrow. Who are the people that are around you? Can you see their faces? Anybody? I can see a whole bunch of faces right now. Okay? That's your sphere of influence. That's the people that God has placed you around. That's who you're, you're asked to call and share your faith with and to teach about Jesus. So who can you share with Christ, who can you share Christ with this coming week? And then when you do, and when they receive Jesus, then you're, they're going to be the people that you need to teach and continue to teach and train up. You know, I, I think I've kind of discovered one of the reasons people don't like to do it or, or, or get scared to teach, because they think they have to know all the answers. You don't have to know all the answers. You just have to be willing to look and find them together. I don't know them all. I've had lots of questions that stump, that stump me, and I go... I don't know, but let's find out together. And I'll find out from somebody that does know right here in the Word. And if I, if I, ha- and I have other people, as I said, to turn to that mentor me, I could say, Pastor Barry, who's somebody that I love dearly, and I'm hoping he's going to be here in September. If he's listening right now, which I doubt he's probably preaching right now, maybe. I'm hoping you guys are going to get to meet him in September because they're coming for a big meeting in Clovis. And I'm hoping that he's going to be able to come here and you guys might get to hear my uh, favorite person who taught me throughout my entire Christian life. He taught me that every word of the Bible, uh, he didn't just teach me this, the Bible teaches it too. He taught me that every word of the Bible is important. There's nothing in the Bible that's not important. There's no word that's not important. Everything is important. As a matter of fact, every word of the Bible is God-breathed and God-ordained. Did you know that? Everything in the Bible, and it all matters. Every bit of it matters. You know why? Because it makes us fully capable people. 
So we, I've, I've said a couple of things today. I've said, the goal, what's the goal of teaching? I've talked about passing along that teaching, and now we're at become, the teaching makes us fully capable of being able to live, fully capable of being able to do. Because 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16, turn in your Bibles there, 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16. Because if you're not sure where to start with your teaching, with your learning, or you're not sure where you can actually teach others profound truths to face, let me, let me tell you, you can start with the fullness of Christ, right? You can find out about, you, can be, you need to be equipped in the fullness of Jesus. But let me tell you, this is some place that you can look to because the Bible is where we turn to. For yourself, the first thing you need to do before you teach anybody else and do anything is to start reading this. You need to start reading this. Because 2 Timothy 3.16 says, All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. All of those things, all of those things are important in our faith. It's useful for teaching and rebuking. That means that when we hear something that's not right, we rebuke that. That's not what the Bible teaches. If someone comes to you and says, do you know what? You have to be, to be saved. Guess what? You have to be saved. You have to get baptized. If you don't get baptized, you're never saved. What's the Bible say about that? That's not true. The Bible says Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Why do we get baptized? To display what happened in our life when we were saved. It's a picture of what happened. It's not what saves us. Did you know that's a very big contradiction and a big confusion for a lot of people? Because it's so cl closely tied together. Because the Bible says, be, you know, receive Jesus and be baptized. And people automatically put those together and say, well, without one, you can't have the other. You can be saved without being baptized. However, if you are saved, you need to get baptized. Because it's the first act of obedience to Jesus that we have. The first thing we're supposed to do. It's extremely important. And it's a very public thing. So that's why, if I could raise the screen here. Behind the screen, that's why we have a public baptismal. It's supposed to be seen by other people so everybody else can say, hey, Kyle, you're a believer. Right? Keep drinking on a drinker. You're a believer. And, that's, and, and at the same time, that's scary because that makes you accountable, doesn't it? That makes people know that you know Jesus. The point of baptism is to show people that you have been saved. Well, not just the point. There's a lot more to it than that. You get what I'm trying to say, though? There's teachings that need to come along with it. Scripture, it's important to rebuke things that aren't correct. Or rebuke things so you can correct those things. And so we can have training in righteousness. So you can know how to live and, and learn and go and do. It's good to remember that all Scripture is useful. All Scripture is useful. There's not any part of the Scripture that's not useful. It's all useful. And with that in mind, I know I, want to, I would say that you need to start somewhere. So if you want to learn more, then get into a Bible study a small group, or something like that. Maybe even start one in your house with your friends and just start reading the Bible together. Buy a daily devotional. Matter of fact, you don't even have to buy a daily devotional. You can get it online right now and get a daily devotional for free every day. So there's no excuse to get one. You can even have it read to you. You don't even have to read it. You can listen to it. So get into that. Get a, do a devotional. Do it at your own pace. There's no, there's no, like, race for this. You don't have to go super fast. You just need to do it. You need to learn it. You need to be a part of it. We need to learn together. 
Learn together. We need, as a couple, Kelly and I learn together. We need to learn together too, don't we, Kelly? And as, as a husband and wife, you guys need to learn together. As families, you need to learn together. We need to learn as a family of the church, the church family together, to be more and more like Jesus. Because the Bible says that we're brothers and sisters in Christ in this family. And above all, when we're learning something or when we're teaching other people, above all things, be patient and be kind. Have grace and mercy for, for yourself through the process and for the other people going through the process. Because it takes a process. It takes a while to go through it. And I was just telling you about Barry, Barry White. You guys have heard my testimony sometimes about him. Barry White is a very good friend of mine, and he had a lot of patience with me. Because, oh, my goodness. He knew the things I was doing. He knew the life I was living. And he had patience as he was teaching me. He was waiting for the Spirit of God to help me grow, and he was just faithful. But he had patience. So we've all, he was a great teacher in my life. And I'd love you to think about, not just a, a Bible teacher, but we've also had school teachers, too, that have been like a big force in our life, right? We've all had those people, that, those teachers that have been a big part of our life. And they were powerful I can still think, Barry's not the only one. There's several other people in my life. Another man named Jim Eberhard, who's a guy when I went to Bible college, who, who actually mentored me through Bible college. I remember Jim. He's now a missionary in Africa. And he taught me a lot. And I'm still being taught a lot by a lot of other people. I have to be taught every day. And I read every day, and I'm taught something new every day. So because I've had great teachers, but there's no teacher better than the Spirit of God. There's no teacher better than the Spirit of God. He is fully capable, fully loving, and He alone is fully able to redeem even the worst of sinners. Jesus does that. The Holy Spirit's the one who brings us up. I meant to say Jesus first. Sorry about that. Jesus is fully capable of, and full, of fully loving, and He alone is able to fully redeem even the worst of sinners, and through Him we receive the Holy Spirit to learn more and more and more about Jesus. More and more and more. Let me get back to where I was at here. So when you're feeling discouraged, when you're feeling incapable, when you feel ill-equipped, Jared and I have that talk all the time because we have to learn it, don't we, Jared? We have to talk, we have to, talk to each other about, man, I just don't feel like I, I got a grasp on this right now. And we talk to each other about things. And, I, and because... There's just some things you're just not going to feel equipped to teach yet. That's okay. Then learn more about it before you teach it, right? But when you feel ill-equipped, turn to Jesus. And in turn, the Spirit of God will, learn, will help you learn. In fact, here's one thing that, is, that I know that is my wife's favorite verse, and it's something that I look to all the time. It makes me smile when I think about her when I see this. Is Philippians 4.13. All things are possible through him who gives me strength. All things are possible through Jesus who gives us strength. Did you get the end of that, though? Who gives me, who gives you strength. Our strength doesn't come from us. Our strength comes from him. Amen? So may we be fully developed to the one who is fully capable in every situation when we're feeling weak. Let us remember his grace is sufficient in every situation, in every circumstance that life may bring our way. Because believe me, there's going to be a lot of things that come your way that you're going to need his help with. The earliest church was absolutely devoted to their faith. 
And as we wrap up today, I want to, and, and this one part of the series, I want to ask you the question, what are you devoted to? I don't want to let that marinate for just a second. What is it that you're devoted to? Already you're thinking of something. And some of us may not necessarily be thinking about biblical things. We might be thinking about, well, I'm devoted to getting further in my job. I'm devoted to learning more about fishing. I'm devoted to the Red Sox. No. But you know I like the Red Sox. But they aren't the ones who complete me. Jesus Christ is. So what is it that you're truly devoted to? How about this? What things capture your attention and affection? What is it? What is it that captures your attention and affection? I know you're probably sick of me saying it, but that little girl over there captures my attention and affection all the time. But so do you. I, I think about, I'm, I'm, I think, I see your faces. And when I'm thinking and when I'm preaching, and then I, I mean, when I'm preparing to preach, I can see your faces and I can see exactly where you're sitting. It's funny because so when you move, like, Brian, you're not supposed to be over there, man. Anyway, um, when you move, I think, where are you? What? But I can like, picture where you're at. And as I'm preaching and as I'm getting ready to preach, I mean, I'm sorry. I think about the people in the church that I see every week and the people that I know, and I go, yeah. And I start praying, and God just kind of prepares me that way. And that captures my attention. Because if you know anything about me, I have squirrel moments all the time. Squirrel, right? But when I think about what I'm going to be teaching, I think of your faces. And it captures my attention, and that's where my affection goes. And then ultimately, it's where my energy into every day goes throughout the day. That's why if you come into my doors closed, it doesn't mean you can't come see me. It just means something was getting my attention. I had to shut the door so I could focus. But my attention goes to that. So where are you putting your energy into every day? That's the last question. Where are you putting your energy into every day? If you can answer those questions, you might have a good idea of where, what you're devoted to the most. And it's okay if there's some things that you're not, it's not all Jesus. Because honestly, it's not all going to be Jesus, but it better, Jesus better be the overarching thing. Right? So if you ask these questions, and you find yourself thinking of all kinds of things other than faith, there's no better time than now to reset your priorities. There's no better time than now. Just do it. It's true for you. It's true for me. We need to turn from those things that take us away, to, away from the Lord, and turn us back to and we need to turn back to him. You see, God wants us to do that. God is waiting for us to do that. And he has his arms wide open, waiting for us to run to him. So if I can get our praise team to come back up here, please. I'm going to ask you guys to step out in faith this week. Refocus your attention and affection back onto Christ and find some good biblical teaching to listen to along the way. It's going to strengthen you. It's going to encourage your journey. Somebody else that I didn't mention, but and he's not alive anymore, but... Uh, J. Vernon McGee is an old story pe- preacher who I, I still listen to today that has a lot to do with my, who I am. He, he had everything to do with my beginning. Uh, I, he was on the radio. He, and I, you know, I didn't even know he wasn't alive when I was listening to him then. But his, his, his teaching has continued to go and teach everybody else throughout the years. And so J. Vernon McGee is one of those guys that I think about all the time. I forgot to mention him. I was going to. And there's probably somebody else that you can find out on the radio, 
uh, podcasts. What do they call them? TED Talks? I don't know if you can do a TED Talk in faith, can you? I, I don't even know what a TED Talk is, so whatever that is. Somebody said TED Talks. I'm like, what's a TED Talk? Um, but podcasts, you can listen to it. You don't necessarily have to read it. There's something out there for us all to learn from. There's devotionals everywhere. There's Bibles everywhere. There's not, they're not just in print. They're in, they're, in, they're in digital form. We have it everywhere all the time. And it's available to us. Where's my phone? I don't have it on me. If you have your phone, you have a Bible available to you all the time. You can always be learning every day. Let's pray together. Father, I just want to thank you for this time. I want to thank you for the opportunity to learn about you. God, I know that I'm not a perfect, uh, perfect teacher. I'm not you. I know I've got my faults. I know I've got my rabbit trails. I know all those things. But that doesn't mean anything less than the fact that I want to learn more about you and I want to be able to teach other people more about you. So, Father, help me to empty me of myself and fill me and be filled with you. Maybe look at, may I find those things that I'm devoted to. And if they're the things that are drawing me away from God, from you, may I, may I turn more to you than to them. God, my family is important to me. My church family is important to me, but you're the first thing that's important to me. And so, Father, please help me to draw close. Help me to draw close in my faith. I pray the same for everyone in this room, that we would draw close to you, that we would seriously investigate our lives and look at what those things that we're devoted to and find out those things that are drawing us away. Lord, thank you for your love. Thank you for your care. Thank you for your faith, your grace, and your truth. Thank you for your teaching us through your word. And it's in Jesus' precious name I pray and we all say, Amen.
to you today and you know Lord I, I don't know everything I, I'm never going to know everything but I know you and I know that you know everything and so Lord when I'm, I'm searching for things and I'm trying to figure things out God help me to just turn to you for answers help me to find the things that you want me to learn from you through your word every day and God I know that there's a lot of things that, that are going to confuse me and confuse all of us I don't understand why evil exists sometimes. I don't understand why some things go on around us. I don't understand why things happen the way they do sometimes. But God, I, you understand everything because you understand everything fully and completely. And so I trust you. I trust you with all of those things that are happening. I trust you with all of those things that I need to learn. I trust you with all those things that I need to do. God, and I trust you in the most important way, and that's eternal life in life through you. And so, Lord, I just pray that if there's anyone in this place today that isn't placing their faith, I'm sorry, that is placing their faith in something other than you for eternal life, God, I pray that that would be changed today. I pray that they would turn their lives and their hearts to you and pray a simple prayer, something like this. Dear Jesus, I ask you to come into my life and save me. Jesus, I turn from my sin and I turn to you. Jesus, I want to learn from you, and I want to grow in you. Thank you. Guide us all as we leave this place to get today, God. Help us to see those things that we need to learn and grow in, and may we do that. But if we don't know you, God, if we don't know you, Jesus, may we know you today. In Jesus' precious and holy and healing name, I pray, and we all say, amen. Have an outstanding day, everybody, and we can all follow.